This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Throughout this podcast, there'll be swearing and adult themes that some people may find offensive. Hello, it's Monday and so I am getting into a bit of a topic and today's topic is going to be about virtual rape. What what a cheery Monday morning topic for you. I mean, you might not be listening to it on Monday morning, but anyway... There we go. I, I, I bring you the, the depressing shit most weeks and this week is no different. And have you seen this news? I first saw it in The Guardian. Um, apparently, British police are investigating the sexual assault of a girl identified only as being under the age of 16 in what is said to be the first investigation of its kind in the UK of somebody being virtually raped in the metaverse. She was reportedly wearing a virtual reality headset and playing an immersive game in the metaverse, which is this whole new universe that Facebook have created, when her avatar was brutally sexually attacked by several male avatars. And I I mean, I got absolutely bombarded on the day that this news came out with people asking me for my views on it. So I've made it into a podcast. Rather than individually DMing all of those people, I've decided to record a podcast so that all of you can hear my thoughts on it. And you know what? I, I will tell you the truth. My first thought was, why didn't she take the headset off? And then I thought, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you thinking that? Why is that your first thought? Why is your first thought not, why the fuck did those men do that? And then I thought, I do think that people are maybe being a bit OTT in likening the effects of this to being the same as like a physical rape or assault in the real world. And then I thought, oh God, this is just going to make men think that we're all really dramatic and they're going to take rape survivors even less seriously than they already do. I thought this is just going to feed into bullshit ideas about women crying rape. And then I checked myself again. And I actually really thought about how I felt when I've received unsolicited dick pics. I mentioned this on a podcast a couple of Wednesdays ago. But a couple of years ago, I received a string of really grotesque wanking videos. I mean, they were real, but they featured like ejaculation, him in the shower, furiously wanking you know he was showing me his face when he was coming and there was just a whole load of them they were completely unexpected all from a complete stranger who'd literally just decided randomly to send these horrific videos to my la 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 let me explain dms i was a 40 year old mother and I'd had extensive experience at that time working in prisons, dealing with frontline child protection. I mean, I'd seen it, you know, I'm seasoned. I was not an under 16-year-old girl 
And the man was in Wales, nowhere near me in London, and it was just videos. But at the time, I felt really frightened and really violated. And I remember sitting in my front room, feeling like I actually just needed to lock all the doors, feeling like I wished that I had a man just so that I could feel safer that night. So it reminded me that they can attack you from all angles, even when they're nowhere near you. And that's why they do it. This man wasn't trying to turn me on. He was trying to scare me. And it worked. It works, even virtually, even when you're a big, old, hardened, grown woman like me. So imagine how that feels for a, an under 16-year-old or any, you know, a young woman who's, who, who's not an old hag like me, you know? I really had to check myself on that and think about actually how disturbing something like this can feel. And research from the Institution of Engineering and Technology, the IET, predicts that the next generation will spend approximately 10 years in VR, in virtual reality, in the metaverse, over the course of their lifetime. And that's around two hours and 45 minutes a day. So children from this generation will end up spending a decade of their lives in virtual reality, which should be a space for them to learn, explore, create connections, and just be free and safe. Not a place where the same risks of the real world exist. Do we really have to give our kids that same fucking advice in the metaverse as we do on the streets? Well, I guess we do, because men are there. And I am slightly ashamed of myself for my first thoughts on this subject. I, for one, know full well that the emotional impact of abuse can be far greater than the physical. And that you don't need to be physically harmed in order to have been abused. And that sometimes the psychological shit can cut far deeper and last far longer than the actual, you know, physical act. The ramifications of of, of the thoughts of it are, are, are far worse or can be far worse. And the police agree, thankfully. A senior police officer familiar with the case told the Daily Mail that there's an emotional and psychological impact on the victim that is longer term than any physical injuries. In addition, the immersive quality of the metaverse experience makes it all the more difficult for a child, especially, to distinguish between what's real and make-believe. And you know what? Not just a child, because this isn't the first time that this has happened. The reason why it's in the news at the moment is because it's the first time that the police are actually investigating it and attempting to see if they can prosecute it. But it's not just children who find it hard to distinguish between what's real and make-believe in virtual reality universes. In 2022, a 43-year-old woman who's also a psychotherapist and a mother, a woman called Jane Patel, she was researching the metaverse and reported in an article in Medium that within 60 seconds of joining the metaverse, she was verbally and sexually harassed by three to four male avatars with male voices. They virtually gang-raped her avatar and took photos as she tried to get away. And they yelled, don't pretend you didn't love it and go rub yourself off to that photo. She said it was such a horrible experience that happened so fast. And before she even had a chance to think about using the safety barrier, adding that she froze. She noted that both her physiological and psychological reaction was akin to it happening in real life. As I say, this is a seasoned 40-year-old mother and psychotherapist, not a 16-year-old. And if she felt this way, what hope do our children have? 
But also, what hope do our children have if those were my first thoughts on this subject? Despite everything that I know about rape and abuse and victim blaming, what hope do we have in ensuring that this world, that this generation are going to be occupying is going to be a safe one? And the comments on every post that I saw on this were largely hideous. I mean, they were largely what my first thoughts were. But of course, they were my first thoughts. I then explored them, checked myself and amended my thoughts. But that's based on my knowledge of all of this stuff. The comments that I saw were just worse than my first initial thoughts. Let me take you through some of them. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Know that fizzy feeling you get when you read something really good, watch the movie everyone's been talking about, or catch the show the internet can't get over? At the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, we chase that feeling five times a week. We talk about the buzziest movies, TV, music, books, and more. From lowbrow to highbrow to in-between, catch the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. So let's go through the comments and also I will give you what I think are the answer, the real answers to those comments. I guess we should outlaw shooting games then if VR is really that indistinguishable from real life. I can only imagine the trauma one would suffer from being shot and killed with a virtual bullet by a virtual assailant in a virtual world. People really do need to go out and touch grass. But the difference here, which is a massive difference is consenting to play a game where you're all aware that being shot is a risk. You cannot compare a situation where people have specifically chosen to play a game where everyone involved knows the rules and where everyone involved essentially has the same powers and abilities. It is not the same as going into the metaverse. I mean, I've never been in the metaverse. I don't know what you do, but from the adverts, I think it's a place where you can like learn for your homework. You can, you know, meet new people. You can play innocent little games. You know, if you've just wandered into the metaverse and then been pounced on by a bunch of men completely unexpectedly, that is not the same as logging into Call of Duty knowing what you're about to get. The two cannot be compared. Don't be stupid. Several comments I saw said, well, create male avatars then. Problem solved. And that really fucked me off because it's always about what women girls need to do to better protect ourselves from male threats. Never what men need to do to stop being a threat. Existing as a female avatar in virtual reality should not present a risk. And why is this person just accepting that being female means that men might just decide to rape you wherever you happen to be? And actually, I mean, that is the truth. But why isn't everyone fighting to change that instead of simply giving women and girls tips to avoid it? Whilst also at the same time vehemently declaring that it's not all men. Just enough that we're not safe in any universe unless we pretend to be men though, yeah? The next comment that I saw said, this is ridiculous and makes a mockery of actual crimes in the real world. Pathetic. And you know what? I'd love to know how these men, mainly commenters, but some of them were also women, 
would feel if their young children ended up receiving a video of someone wanking? Would they say it's not harmful because it happened over video and that their child should be unaffected by it because the incident didn't take place in their physical presence? If their 16-year-old neighbour, for example, sent pictures of his dick to their 12-year-old daughter, would they say, that's not a real crime? He didn't actually come over and show her his dick in real life. He sent it on WhatsApp. Not a crime, it's virtual. Is that we should let him carry on? And should we remove the girl's phone rather than take action against the penis sender? That's not what they would say. Never. And part of the issue here is that far too many of them find it hard to see women who aren't related to them as humans who are deserving of safety and protection. Because they can see it when we put it in those terms of like, so that's all right then. To, for, for, for men to bombard your sister, your daughter or your mother with videos of them penetrating fucking whatever. Is that a, So that's not a crime, no? They can see it when it happens to their family, but when it's other women, oh, so I don't know, fuck them. Fuck them, they're women. It's what's going to happen, isn't it, unless they stay indoors and protect themselves. Except, look, she is staying indoors <laughs> and it's still happening. Another comment said... Take the fucking headset off them for fuck's sake. And of course, that was my first initial thought. And then I thought about the fact that there are standard fear responses. And these people must not understand these standard fear responses, which are fight, flight, freeze or fawn. In some scenarios, and for some people, it would come very easily to immediately hit that block button or to take off the headset. For others, their first natural response is to absolutely freeze, to be paralysed with fear and be unable to move or take action. I did really interesting training. I can't remember if I've spoken about this before, but when I worked in prisons, we had this man come and do this incredible training for us, which was about how to keep yourself safe if you are like in an environment, if something kicks off in a wing, if somebody holds you hostage in a cell or whatever. And one of the things that he got us to do was to think about our physiological reactions to things and our immediate physiological responses. And he told us to really focus on our breathing and all of those things. And it was just a normal training session with a man in a suit. And um, and he didn't tell us that this was what the training was going to be about. And then he left the room. And then he came back in the room with a machete covered in blood with his suit all torn up, with sweat pouring off his face. I mean, he was really in character and literally came up to all of us with the machetes like, in our faces I'm gonna fucking kill you and none of us knew if this actually man had genuinely been having a psychotic episode we didn't know if the training if this was part of the training or if we were actually getting attacked and then when we did figure out that we weren't being attacked he got us to think about because all of us froze we all and we were people who were already working in prisons and we froze and so what he taught us in that particular um, scenario was find a word and blurt it out and think about that word pre-plan that word so your word could be tomato and it's about allowing your body to go into action so if you go <gasps> then you can paralyze yourself into that freeze response so if you say you're walking across the road with your child and a car is coming if you go <gasps> you're not stopping your child it's it's you being able to go stop that enables you to get that adrenaline going and to begin to take that action so if you are in that scenario where you've frozen into fear shout tomato or whatever it is that you need that your word is that you've chosen and that will get your body going to help you in that situation 
so sorry, I just digressed there, but it's quite useful to know that. And fawning. Fawn is a very typical response and it comes naturally to some people to appease our attacker. This is often the way people who've suffered previous abuse will react. They will submit to the attacker as a survival instinct. So it's not just take the fucking headset off then. It's not as easy as just take the fucking headset off as these people say and as I initially thought because all of our responses to those things are so different. And one commenter said, She enjoyed it. Get real. She kept her headset on. And this is sadly how so many of them see rape and sexual assault if the victim hasn't run and screamed and fought, which is actually one of the rarest immediate responses to attack and has absolutely nothing to do with enjoying it. Sometimes it is to do with staying alive. And the last one said, give me a break. These women are going too far. Time to shut them up. And I, and I feel like this comment just says it all, really, doesn't it? How are you planning to shut them up, bro? Rape their avatars, maybe? Gag them in the metaverse? It sounds very threatening to me, and it just highlights exactly the risks faced. Out of the hundreds of comments I saw, not one said, why did the men do that? Their first instinct was always to ask why she didn't stop it or to minimise the effects of it. The entire internet seemed to largely blame this child for what she experienced. Not the feminist internet, but the other internet. Nobody blamed her attackers, just like in the real world. The difference here is that there are no laws yet, no protective legislation. The online safety bill is coming, but it's not enough. And issues like this haven't been clearly ironed out. And if less than 1% of real world rapists are convicted, then what hope do we have in this world? In the, in, the, in the metaverse, you know? Barrister Dr. Charlotte Proudman released a statement on this that sums it up better than I could. She says, The lack of clear and effective legislation further exacerbates this issue and it shows us that the laws are out of step with societal changes. I'm pleased to see that the police are responding to this incident and while addressing online violence is crucial, it is equally important to recognise that violence against women and girls extends way beyond virtual worlds. And it is devastating that the violence we're combating in offline spaces has now found a new home online. A comprehensive approach is essential, encompassing both online and offline spaces. But online regulations must be stricter. However, even with the regulations, we must still address the root causes of the misogynistic violence and entitlement that perpetuates such violence. So yeah, our online and offline worlds are so enmeshed now, you can't really separate the two. And in both, sexual violence and misogyny are a problem and will continue to be until, well, until I actually don't know what. I don't actually know how we effectively ever change this. I feel like I've been shouting into the wind for years and that is the most depressing end to a podcast ever but don't worry because as much as the risks are real incidents are rare and the more that we educate children the more that they will be protected so if you have children in your life talk to them about what they should do with any threats or harassment online and if you have people in your life who share the views of those commenters that I addressed then send them this podcast and maybe small changes in attitudes can make big changes in the real world. Anyway, 
come to my page. We'll talk about it. I hate doing these depressing ones and leaving you on a Monday like that. But also, I want to galvanise you. I think as much as it's depressing, it's also reality. And the only way that we change this reality is not by going, this is depressing. I just want to stay away from it. It's by continually raising awareness and talking about it and bolstering each other to continue the good fight, which is what we are all doing. Anyway, I'll see you on Wednesday for more problems that will undoubtedly have been created by men. But maybe not. If you're a man and you've had problems created by women or a lesbian who's had problems created by women, send them into. You're welcome to. Anyway, I love you all. I'll see you on Wednesday. Bye. La la la, let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production. <laughs> <laughs>